like many other Kenyans, I grew up in the village where firewood was the only way we knew how to cook. Better days came with charcoal, probably on Christmas. Charcoal meant less crying from firewood smoke and less feeling like Kipchoge from blowing my lungs off the whole day and spending all my free time fetching firewood. This is the first episode of the Power Dialogue podcast, the first African power podcast in a move to make power relatable to all. The Power Dialogue is a bi-monthly series that brings you empowering dialogues through relatable interviews to help you make better informed power decisions that will save you money, save you time, and hopefully lead to a better quality of life. My name is Zedi Bariti and I will be your host on the Power Dialogue podcast. This week on the Power Dialogue podcast, I am looking at clean cooking, a concept I have only understood in theory all my life. Well, if you're like me, I might have some answers for you. Is clean cooking a method, the fuel, or the stove? I didn't know too much about this. So, I got in touch with someone who knows a lot about the concept of clean cooking. Dr. Richard Munang is a climate change and development policy expert who holds a PhD in environmental change and policy from the University of Nottingham and an executive certificate in climate change and energy policy from Harvard University Kennedy School. Karibu sana Dr. Munang to the Power Dialogue podcast. Thank you for making the time to join me for this. I do appreciate. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's find out what's cooking in Africa. Is there a moment in your life that access to power or rather lack of access to power shaped the quality of your life? Yeah, th- thanks for the question. I think it's very timely. I like to use African proverbs to put things in perspective. Uh, one that comes to my mind is um, that a bad tree destroys the field. Uh, what this means in context is a reminder that deprivation does not shape anything worthwhile. What it does is rob people of opportunities. And that's what lack of access to power do. Uh, but on the other hand, one does not have to lack power to uh, know that we have a problem. We, we are speaking today, we have 640 million people in the continent having no access to power. And that translates to 60% of the continent. This is the lowest access red globally. So on the clean energy front, uh, the number of people without access to clean cooking has been rising from about 750 million 10 years ago to 850 million uh, two years ago. That's that's globally. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some of these uh, most division countries, only about 5% or less of the population have access to clean cooking. Mm-hmm. And uh, the effects are glaring. So when you bring it back to the African continent, we have almost 400 and 90,000 premature deaths occurring each and every year in the continent 
of Africa related to household air pollution from the lack of access to clean cooking facilities. And uh, women uh, and children uh, are the worst affected. They've been uh, affected mostly because they use firewood and they've committed no crime. Their crime is only that yeah. they don't have any alternative. Yeah, dependence uh, to, on to, firewood. Absolutely. So the point yeah. is therefore this that access to power, access to clean cooking is robbing the quality of life of hundreds of millions across the continent. And it mm -hmm. needs to be uh, urgently addressed. Thank you, Dr. Monang. To my next question, according to the Energy Progress Report 2020, Kenya ranks 10th globally among top 20 countries with one of the largest population lacking access to clean fuels and technologies. And this is according to the 2014 to 2018 average in your opinion as a policy expert, why is there such a huge difference between electrification rates of over 75% in Kenya and adoption mm -hmm. of clean cooking methods? Actually, the Energy Progress Report 2021 came out a few days ago, and mm -hmm. I see Kenya is ranking vast globally as the country with the highest electricity connection rates. What will you say about that, considering that it's a stark difference between what we are achieving as a continent and the number of people who don't have access to clean cooking technologies? Very important question. And I, I think this um, is a typical case of the fact that enabling incentives can create wonders. They can mm -hmm. move uh, transformational uh, uh, development uh, very, very quickly. Uh, the impressive electrification that you've uh, uh, mentioned, this electrification rates were because of a targeted incentive program in Kenya that was called the Last Mile Project. Through uh, subsidization and targeted investment, primarily focused on the informal settlement in urban areas and also low-income households in rural areas, citizens responded to positively. Uh, so the Last Mile Project contributed to Kenya having one of the world's fastest rate of progress on access to electricity. That was quite a big milestone and very, very impressive mm -hmm. for the entire African continent. So within mm -hmm. two years, access grew from 56% to uh, almost about 75%. And, and that is really, really impressive. But when you, 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 you take clean cooking, we now have the enabling policy environment created by the Finance Act of 2021. And yes. we're going to talk a lot <laughs> about this, uh, which has exempted clean cooking fuels from the 16% VAT tax. Yes. And, and, and why I'm bringing this up is that it is now upon, because policy have a role to play, but citizens also have a role to play. It is upon yes. the citizens to respond positively, just as they did with the last mile project. Yes, yes. they excitingly embraced the idea. So they should also excitingly embrace the idea now <laughs> because um, it was thanks to a policy signal that resulted in the electrification of up to 75%. Yes. All right. Now it is also thanks to this finance act that the citizens are supposed to embrace this policy signal by shifting to invest in clean cooking solutions value chain. Use only clean fuels in their cooking or investing mm -hmm. in enterprises that deliver these clean cooking fuels, such as mm -hmm. waste recovery to baggers. Dr. if you may... Right. I believe most of us are taken away by the value-added tax on LPG, and most of us don't know that there are tax exempts somewhere else. Could you please just highlight that? Because the focus is primarily on LPG. Kenya has taken commendable steps with the finance bill that exempts three classes of clean cooking from 16% VAT. That's burgers and burgers equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, sustainable fuel briquettes and ethanol. And this is mm -hmm. a direct policy 
uh, signal for investment. So to answer your question very practically, the levy tax on LPG has raised more cry, especially on social media than celebration over the waiver on bargains <laughs> and other more accessible clean energy like uh, fuel brigades. So yes. such preferences just tells you one aspect that there is the perception and also the convenience of what people are used to. When it is taken away, they do not look for alternative solutions that have been presented to them. They get then fixated on what they are used to and then start to think that they have been punished. But you've been given an opportunity in Bargas. You've been given an yes. opportunity on 12 briquettes. <laughs> and as I started saying, most of the 490,000 Africans who die every year. And in Kenya, yeah, between mm -hmm. 14,000 to 20,000 Kenyans die as a result of indoor pollution. Why? Mm -hmm. They're using charcoal. When you are not taking off taxes on what can be able to now help people mm -hmm. move away from this indoor pollution, we then mm -hmm. focus to cry foul on this other aspect. To me, I think that we're missing an opportunity here. Talking about perceptions, what is really this concept of clean cooking in that even if there's a hurdle in one option, we still have many other options that are cheaper and Kenyans or sub-Saharan Africans can actually embrace this. The concept of clean cooking actually have three dimensions. And to these three dimensions are an environmental dimension, an economic dimension, and also a social dimension. And let me start with the environmental dimension. <laughs> A significant contributor of emissions in Africa is land-based, including um, uh, forest degradation, which actually this land base is due to forest degradation, which amounts up to 56% of the emissions that actually are created comes from this in the continent. And why is this? Most of it is forest degradation, which is attributed to firewood and charcoal harvesting. So in addition, over 80% of households in sub-Saharan Africa rely on wood-based biomass energy, that's firewood and charcoal for cooking. And this means that without alternatives, the degradation will only continue. And this degradation is not only escalating emissions, but also costing the continent in terms of loss of ecosystems. We're speaking here, Africa losing 65 billion each and every year as a result of uh, land degradation. Kenya here, Kenya is losing 1.5 billion each and every year as a result of land degradation, which is about 5% of the country's GDP. Hence, clean cooking is beneficial to the country. And then the economic dimension, if we were to switch from the unclean cooking to clean cooking, it will imply that we will tap into economic opportunities because replacing charcoal with clean cooking, for instance, means we're going to tap into a 20 billion a year charcoal industry in the entire African continent, whilst we will be serving forests. That means people yes. can put more money in Kenya alone. The charcoal yes. sector is estimated what 1.3 billion US dollars. And this is a market gap to tap. And then socially, yeah. the health impact of unclean cooking is immense. As I said, mm -hmm. about 490,000 Africans premature deaths every year in Africa are contributed to indoor pollution due to unclean cooking. In Kenya, 14,000 to 20,000 deaths each year attributed to indoor uh, pollution from unclean cooking. So replacing unclean cooking with Clean cooking, therefore, directly impacts on enhancing the health of population. So the concept of clean cooking is how do we then take off pressure from our environment, but at the same time also ensure that the social aspects that we are suffering from, whether mm -hmm. it is poor health as a result of using dirty fuel like 
uh, uh, dirty sauces like charcoal that choke people's chest, but move to cheaper sauces that are not environmentally detrimental. At the same time, that can also help us save money, our mothers in villages to save money, create more opportunity to put more money in their pockets. That's all yes. what the concept rotates about. So it's about environmental friendliness, economic opportunities, and social opportunities that can arise as a result of using uh, clean uh, opportunities. Dr. just to add on what you said about uh, the social aspect. Uh, in Africa, most of the time, firewood fetching is more of a social activity than in, uh, even the need to go back with fuel. Do you think we need sensitization of sorts? Sometimes it's not about the need per se, but how people go around the need, how you socialize around the need and all that. Beautiful uh, a question, and this is a, uh, a a very realistic question, which, if you look, it cascades to other aspects. But let's just focus on this aspect of firewood. When people are used to a particular way of doing things, taking them off cannot be used. We cannot use the same narrative that we have been using and think that it will be taken off. Yes. Only way to take them off will be from the perspective of socioeconomic. How much will they save? If they were spending more money to buy charcoal, or they mm -hmm. spend their time to go fetch firewood, mm -hmm. if you introduce an alternative that is clean, like briquettes, mm -hmm. which are cheaper, which does not stain their pot, which are smokeless, yes, that true. make economic sense to them. But mm -hmm. most of the time, the narrative has been to take people off without necessarily giving them alternative, or give alternative without necessarily showcasing the economic opportunities. People believe in what can put more money in more pockets and put on the table. Anything less than that, will be throwing water on a duck's back. All right. So the concept is multifaced. That's the environmental aspect, the social aspect, and the economic aspect. And we have Absolutely. to give people alternatives, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So to my next question, please explain to our audiences, uh, when you talk about mm -hmm. the concept of clean cooking, do we focus on cooking fuel itself or the cookstoves? Because I've seen adaptations here and there that try to clean non-clean fuels. How do we go about it? Focus needs to be on board because opportunities are inherent uh, in both as a value chain. For example, mm -hmm. if we talk of clean cooking solutions of burgers, they now have yes. a tax incentive in Kenya. Apart yes. from the burgers, we also have a byproduct of producing burgers called bar fertilizer, which arises from the slurry left behind when the gas is extracted from the agricultural mm -hmm. waste. If you take clean cook stoves, fired by another class of fuels, also covered in the Kenyan finance bill, the fuel briquettes, which I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. use of clean cook stove has been shown to save an average household up to $845. That's almost about 80,000 Kenyan shillings plus during its oh. lifetime compared to ordinary charcoal stoves. That makes economic sense. An average household will therefore save nearly three times using clean cook stoves compared to using normal charcoal stoves. And then consequently, the focus should now be on the entire value chain of clean cooking solutions to tap the multiple opportunities presented. So the point I am making here, it goes back to what I said earlier, narrative, narrative, narrative. Dr. I see so many advertisements for LPG gas, the different types of LPG gas. Might it be that we are not sensitized of the options that are available to us, uh, like things like briquettes? To most of us, they are theory. They are things we have just had in theory. We haven't interacted with them much. 
do you feel like stakeholders who are leading, let's say, campaigns towards clean cooking technologies need to do more so that people know they have options? Take, for example, LPG. Most people think there's no option. They still have to continue paying whatever it takes to get the gas. Yet there are options that are cheaper, but people don't know about this. It's not that they don't want, but they don't know what other option can serve them as an option to LPG. What's your take on that? You see, um, uh, that's a political question, but I'll answer it more from a diplomatic and scientifically <laughs> uh, grounded uh, uh, logic. Yes. I, I generally believe that um, the environmentalists and amongst others uh, have not done justice helping demystify this misery mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that gets people locked into one corner don't forget the market forces where profitability sometimes is put ahead of human health. That then means that I go back to what I said earlier, narrative of solutions that addresses both human aspects, environmental aspects, social and economic, have not been championed, especially by those who are supposed to do. And therefore, people then get used to what they know and focus on it. Tickets are very low capital-intensive inputs that can really be leveraged. What do I mean by that? I mean, briquettes are made from agricultural waste. These things are thrown out there every day. People do not need money to start a business in this. But that argument has not been put out there. And that's what we are trying to do with the work we do, to make the case that, look, you are the one you need. You need to retool your skill, learn a skill, go to YouTube, look at how briquettes can be made. And that if you then take this to the community and prove to a mother, to an informal sector, to a mamamboga that, look, this is cheaper than the charcoal you depend on, it's cheaper than the firewood you buy, it will not stain your pot, it burns longer, you can use one briquette and cook for it using two, three days as compared to firewood, and it will save you money in your pockets and prove it, proof of concept. People will buy into it. The problem is that because there are so many businesses that have been around LPG, which is okay, then people are also used to buying it. Now they have not ignored alternatives that are more environmentally friendly, more economically uh, sensible, and also socially sensible, that now they then forget what could create opportunities for young people and also benefit uh, most of the community. And therefore, the narrative of solutions, the narrative of opportunities, the narrative of how we can then be able to see environment, environmental solutions as opportunities to address socioeconomically challenges, now needs to become center stage and not a by the way. You're giving us uh, highlights of the deaths that we are experiencing in Africa, but what is the projected impact on population? What is there for us as Kenyans and as Sub-Saharan Africa if we embrace clean cooking technologies? Yeah, good question again, Jody. Um, the I think I have talked about this earlier on, but let me just uh, recap it again. Um, from an environmental perspective, Kenya loses an estimated 1.5 billion each and every year as a result of land degradation. Um, I, this is as a result of uh, deforestation due mm -hmm. to charcoal and fuel harvesting. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means the good news is that we have a gap, a mm -hmm. challenge gap, but the good news is that adopting clean cooking will serve to recoup all these losses. That's good news. And these yes. are also job-creating opportunities for the young people because each and every year, Kenya needs to create not less than 801 million jobs each and every year. Mm -hmm. But where will that come from? You have an opportunity here 
where yes. because of charcoal and deforestation is costing the country 1.5 billion. That's an opportunity to reverse by getting youth to get into turning ways to briquettes to replace charcoal. That's good news. The mm -hmm. second part, which is from the economic perspective, as I said, the charcoal sector is worth 1.3 billion US dollars in Kenya. And mm -hmm. this is a market gap for clean cooking to tap and generate sustainable jobs and generate mm -hmm. enterprise opportunities for the millions of young people looking for jobs. That's good mm -hmm. news. That then sure. means if they tap now to turning agricultural waste to bargas, which have zero rated taxes now, no 16% yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is an opportunity for them. So instead of them spending time complaining on Twitter, which they have the right and the <laughs> constitutional right to do, let them start discussing how do we then tap to those briquettes? How do we then tap yes. to this so that some people with the expert knowledge can advise them? That's more conversational than complaining. Then mm -hmm. the other part, which is very, very key, as I said, the health impact of unclean cooking. I said between 14,000 to 20,000 deaths every year in Kenya are attributed to indoor pollution. What does yes. this mean? The good news is if we embrace clean cooking, it will mitigate against this death. How do we do it? Me and you, the young people, tapping to these low capital intensive opportunities. If you start today to create an enterprise to be turning waste to fuel briquettes, zero tax. Isn't that good news? It is. The point I'm making is that the recent waiver of 16% VAT in clean yes. cooking fuels is a step <laughs> in the right direction towards making these benefits a manifest reality for everyone. I'm repeating this intentionally because the bill, <laughs> as I said earlier, has waived VAT on burgers and levy it on LPG. And it's a great yeah. opportunity. To me, as an environmentalist and a climate change expert, I see this yeah. as the best opportunity that has ever happened to Africa. To drive investment in this burgers clean cooking because now it has zero-rated VAT. Big win for the environment because burgers has higher environmental benefits compared to LPG. In a study with the Clean Cooking Alliance, and I can mm -hmm. send you this report, it shows mm -hmm. that climate change impact of LPG in Kenya is 112 times higher than burgers. 112 times higher than burgers. This policy move, this finance bill 2021, the policy mm -hmm. move is therefore a big win for the environment. Thank you. What are the barriers that mm. inhibit us from getting where we need to be as a country and as a continent? Beautiful, beautiful. Um, this is good. One of the issues that, um, and I will touch it a little bit, but I'm going to elaborate on it now. Level of access in sub-Saharan Africa to clean cooking is at 10%. Barriers are in three crucial components. The first is policy and regulatory limitations. Mm -hmm. The second is human factors of preference and demand. And we are seeing mm -hmm. this with LPG, right? True. And I'm going to get details into that. <laughs> and then the third is stabilizing supply by tapping local innovations by the informal sector. We don't tap local innovations. We want what comes elsewhere, right? So that we mm -hmm. can cry that we need it. At our doorstep, we don't. So policy implies the incentives that, so I first of all said, there are three of these and I started with policy. So when yes. you, you, you not dig down on policy, policy implies the incentives that government needs to put in place mm -hmm. to stimulate investment in clean cooking. So Kenya mm -hmm. has taken a commendable step. I go back to what I said. Yes. Taken a commendable step on that policy with a finance bill that exempt three classes of clean cooking from 16% VAT. That's mm -hmm. burgers, burgers mm -hmm. equipment, and sustainable fuel briquettes and ethanol. And yes. it's a direct policy signal for investment. That then mm -hmm. means when that policy is there, it then removes the barrier because a lot of people will not do it because there's no policy. There's no enabling mm -hmm. environment. The policy is there. 
removing taxes on this aspect. Yeah, that then means operational there. actors, including yes. ordinary citizens, because they say, ah, oh, no, we're not going to do a sericalist idea. Hakuna, hakuna <laughs> no, we don't want that. So what we are telling young people and everybody, it mm -hmm. is citizens to invest in these classes of clean cooking that have zero rated taxes. But few African countries have such clear-cut policy incentives. Kenya yes. is actually number one. The second aspect, which I mentioned, which is a barrier, but not policy, because mm. policy is a barrier. The presence of policy creates opportunities. And I gave the example of Kenya here. Regardless of how progressive policies are, the implementation of the same depends on the preferences of the market. The operational level actors who are the real implementers of policy as citizens are the consumers, those mm. who can tap into it to create businesses. So if you take mm. Kenya, we are seeing again in the finance bill 2021, <laughs> seemingly exposing the preference for LPG, LPG. Over gas as a source of clean True. cooking. So what I'm saying is that citizens love LPG rather mm -hmm. than bargas. So even when taxis are taking off bargas, which they could produce locally, <laughs> they would rather prefer what is not even produced locally and complain about it, overlooking what has been actually an opportunity for them. Am I saying that they were supposed to be taxi put in one or another? That is not my role. My role as an environmentalist and climate action is to look at what is done that is good for the environment. Through observation, the levy tax on LPG has raised more, like I said, cries yes. on Twitter, on social media, everywhere you go to, and the celebration that, oh, now we have zero-rated taxes on. That means that the Actually, I haven't even seen that conversation of exempts. I have not. You will not. Why? Because, <laughs> yeah, you will not see it. Why? Because of what I said earlier, narrative. I appreciate this kind of conversation with you because it's through such uh, mediums that we can be able to start to debunk this uh, uh, unhealthy uh, narratives that are not helping. So the preference uh, means that even if the enabling policy is there, like the one of Kenya Finance 2021, that gives zero uh, VAT for bargas, for bargas equipment, for briquettes. It would still not mean anything because people's preferences are not those things. And therefore it means that and the market preferences affect the demand and hence uptake of these solutions. So it's about attitude. You do not legislate attitude. So it's about each and everyone trying to come out there and try to debug this thing using the best uh, 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 analysis and also mm -hmm. facts and figures, not emotions. The third one, is uh, about catalyzing local innovations in clean cooking. Mm -hmm. Catalyzing this innovation in clean cooking to increase availability. If you take fuel briquettes, for example, these mm -hmm. are known capital intensive, simple technologies that are accessible to the informal sector, who form over 80% of the work in the continent, mm -hmm. as well as young people, can be applied to convert agricultural waste to clean cooking. But we don't even hear about this discussion. Like you rightly mm -hmm. said, we, we yeah. would prefer to spend a week talking LPG and talking how we can engage our young people to start turning agricultural waste to fuel briquettes, which are yes. cheaper, which you don't need a lot of capital to start. And this is literally generating value from free raw materials. These mm -hmm. briquettes have been proven to be up to two times cheaper than charcoal to produce. We do this across the continent, leveraging on innovative volunteerism, engaging young people and guiding mm -hmm. them on how to tap into this. And they are literally changing the community uh, not only from a social perspective, from the fact that they're not depending on charcoal, but also mm -hmm. economically because Economic. they put money in their pockets and they also sure. help the mothers to put more money in their pocket because they're not spending the money on, 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 on charcoal anymore. Mm -hmm.
So mm -hmm. these are the kind of things. And the good news is that these local innovative solutions should be championed and not discouraged. And with policy incentives where there is zero tax, it means if you start the business today, Ziri, you will not pay yes. taxes. That is the discussion we should have on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you, right. Dr. Ari. The Finance Act 2020 has proven to be a thorn to many of us after gas was subjected to 16% tax at the beginning of the financial year. But did you know that there are cheaper and cleaner options away from LPG? Household energy use makes up more than half of all global black carbon emissions, the second largest contributor to climate change after carbon dioxide. The global community cannot reach its goal of addressing climate change without addressing the way we cook. Clean cooking is a proven and critical part of the climate solution. If you'd like to get in touch, please visit www.thepowerdialogue.co.ke for contact details. Look out for me on Twitter at Power Dialogue and let me know what you'd like to learn and from whom. You can use the hashtag ThePowerDialogue. Coming up in the next episode is how Kenya, a country touted as a global leader in new electricity connections, is addressing the power needs of underserved communities. Let's meet again soon and thanks for listening.